teachers. Have we got something good for you? Teachers Night Out, we are hosting this wonderful, wonderful event just for you, just to celebrate you. It's going to be November 15th, 6 to 8 p.m., Broken Arrow Performing Arts Center. Jerry Brooks. Jerry Brooks, baby. <laughs> He's going to be there. What else, Rick? What am I missing out? Uh, there's just going to be a lot. I mean, it's 6 to 8, and plus, you know, do some pregame at the Rose District. Yes. Uh, get down there. Uh, go with your teacher friends. Have a good time. Make it's, it a whole night. Make it a whole night. It is just for you. It is Tuesday night. You have to work on Wednesday, but live it up and enjoy it because it is really just to celebrate you and to, to give you a gift back. And uh, we can't wait for this to happen. We can't wait. And it's so cool because it is a free event, thanks to QT and to TTCU for making that possible, which is so awesome. You don't even have to worry about paying anything. You just come and show up and enjoy yourself. Big shout out to Quick Trip and Tulsa Teachers Credit Union. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. All right, we will see you November 15th for Teachers Night Out. Hello, hello, teachers. It's Aaron Patton here and also... Uh, Rick Holmes. <laughs> oh, Rick I'm Holmes. here. Yep. <laughs> we just finished interviewing Gina Nelson. Just now. She just walked fun. out of the studio. Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. She, spoiler alert, 17-year educator has done a lot more than I, than I knew about. Yes. Very engaged, very equipped to do this job. And uh, I had just had a good time, just good I, time talking to her. I got teary in my heart and my eyes. I didn't actually didn't come out to full cry, <laughs> but just hearing her share her heart so passionately. Yeah. I mean, no, she means it. I felt it. Yeah. Oh, I just I am. I feel jazzed after talking to her. And just she tells her story of, of her why and her favorite teacher, and it's so oh, good. just. That, that that's the hook you gotta you yeah. gotta pay attention to that one that's good all right well you all will enjoy this episode with gina nelson who is running for state superintendent of oklahoma get out and vote Amplifying the voices of teachers. This is Relate and Educate. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Relate and Educate podcast. It's Aaron Patton here, sitting across from Rick Holmes. Hey, Rick. Hey, I'm excited today. I <laughs> am too, and I think it's for the same reason, because also next to us is the one and only state superintendent candidate, Gina Nelson. Hello, Gina Nelson. Hi there. Thank you both for having me today. <laughs> We're so happy to have you here. Truly so happy. So it's fall break for most teachers right now, right? Mm. Or at least most of... Some people some. had it last week, though. Yeah. yeah so but most summer of my in, friends are out. this week. Yeah. So happy fall break to you if you are one of those others, or one of the people who have fall break this week. So Gina... We are going to get started. You are a teacher. 
we talk to teachers, we love teachers. How long have you been in education? Absolutely, well thank you again for having me and this is my 17th year. 17th year, mm -hmm. love it, love it, love it. And what are you currently doing? Um, so currently I am teaching middle school English, okay. but I've taught just about everything you can think of. Like what, like <laughs> elementary, high school, everything? So like what? Uh, middle school and high school and I have been a theater teacher, a stagecraft teacher, a musical theater teacher. I've also been a student support coordinator with all tier three students, both academic and behavior, composition, and the course now yes. English. Oh, I love that. That those all sound like really fun, like good opportunities to connect with students. Absolutely, That's absolutely. So good. And take me to the the. Did you say student coordinator to tier three? You're going to have to translate that. So what, what sure. Is that? So obviously, um, you know, we understand that sometimes that students just need a little bit more support. Yep. And so using our multi-tiered systems of support system and, of course, our RTI data, we're able to determine whether kids are in tier one, tier two, or tier three. Tier three, obviously, are students who are, they're not on IEPs, they're not in special mm -hmm. education, but they do need some more mm -hmm. support when it comes to either academics or behavior. And yep. so what I would do is I designed uh, programs to help these students fill in the gaps and so that they could become more successful. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Now I want to clarify to people, you are actually a teacher right now. It's <laughs> not like you were and you're doing this now, but you, you actually stopped your teaching responsibilities a couple of weeks ago so you could do this full time, yeah? Yes, yeah, so I had to take um, an unpaid leave of absence right now mm -hmm. so that I could focus on this. And obviously with the race, you know, going the way it is, just yeah. making sure that people um, stay safe and that I have opportunities to get out and meet as many people as possible. And do this. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. absolutely. So what's your home district? Um, Oklahoma City Public Schools. Okay, mm -hmm. and, and w which part because that's a big sure uh, wh so, what building uh, I guess uh, class in middle school nice. and so and I just I absolutely love it and uh, and they've been really great and very supportive of me yeah awesome that's wonderful awesome so what kind of things in your 17 year career in the classroom what led you to this to be to starting to run for this I love like we talked about you're in theater you know in the arts and everything I mean that's just the fun stuff. That's wonderful. Sure. And it's a place where kids who often don't get to come out of themselves, they get to do that there. And so that's so wonderful. And it just makes my heart sing that you were the <laughs> one that were, that they got to be with. Like, that's uh -huh. so, so wonderful. So I'm just curious what your experiences were that got you here running for state superintendent. Sure. So I, I can give you a little bit of my background and then kind of the moment when the click happened. Yeah. Um, so uh, not in addition, to my 17 years of experience, I was also the 2020 Oklahoma Teacher of the Year. Yes. Um, last year I was named one of the top. Thank you. <laughs> last year I was named one of the top 45 educators in the nation with the award for teaching excellence. Mm -hmm. uh, I've served on committees at the state and the national level that deal with career readiness, mm. and mental health issues with children, trauma-informed practices. Uh, food insecurities, uh, teacher retention, uh, all of these courses, of course, and committees that I've served on um, have even, you know, been involved with members of Congress and, and worked with them on how we can make education better. Yeah. Um, so someone might say that you are somewhat engaged with education outside of the classroom. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. And even before becoming a teacher, you know, I worked, I've, I've you know, worked in corporate world. I've ran my own small business oh, really? as well. Okay. Uh, I've sold let's, real estate. Let's circle back to that. Sure. Yeah. Yep. 
chores. So, so. I'm sorry. Keep going. Oh, no, that's yeah. okay. We'll so, circle back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, so all of that, you know, of, of the management of it, and then you add the education, uh-huh. you add the, the state and the national duties of being a state teacher of the year and working with a national cohort of teachers and, uh, uh, organizations across, mm-hmm. you know, the country. Um, I had this moment where I was sitting at my desk last January and I was writing the 30th recommendation letter mm. for an educator who had decided to leave the profession. 30. And wow. heartbreaking. It, it was. And I was sad and I was angry. And because, you know, this person obviously was an amazing teacher. And at the same time, of course, I had my cell phone open because I'm you know, a multitasker. <laughs> and I started hearing, you know, some of the rhetoric that we hear a lot about teachers and educators right now and disparaging things. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I just had enough and I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do, but Mm -hmm. something has to be done. Mm -hmm. Someone needs to stand up for the profession that I dearly love. And so I, I just closed my computer after that. And I started reaching out to some of my legislator friends that were former teachers and now they're in the legislature. And I said, how do I do this? Mm. And I started the process. And by the time March rolled around, so from January to March, it was planning, it was learning. Mm. And then I announced my candidacy. Wow. Wow. Bing, bing, boom. And I mean, I truly mean this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for running because first of all, it's, it's, you have to be very brave to run for offices these days. And so I'm so grateful that you are out there doing that and that we have a really, really awesome choice in you. So thank you for being willing to run because I, it's scary to me. Like it, the thought of ever doing that is scary to me, even though it would be something otherwise I could possibly see myself doing. So I'm very encouraged and thankful that you're well, that yeah. is very, very kind. And, you know, yes, you do have to have a thick skin. But then again, I think about, um, you know, what we go through as educators True. and the things that we face every single day and, you know, who we're standing up for, who we're fighting for right now. Yeah. And it's very, it's very important. It's to, worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. It's important to stand up and, uh, and just say, you know what, uh, this profession is worth celebrating and elevating. And yes. I'm going to be the one who who's going to put my name out there and stick my neck out and we'll we'll see what happens um but everything that i'm doing comes from a place of love and i personally believe that love and hope um they're greater than fear Mm -hmm. yes absolutely well i i want to do a shameless plug but what you were talking about reminded me we're doing Mm -hmm. teacher's night out november 15th and it the the theme that night is the power of one and i think it's i think there is a narrative of people outside of education that think that teachers are just you're just teacher you're that's all you do but <laughs> what they don't understand is that we are we have abilities and a skill set that are only you can only forge through all of those days and years in a classroom which is high level you know emotional intelligence and things like that empathy and then being able to react on a dime and make quick decisions and all while leading a classroom toward a goal right so you're taking all these 30 kids and you're getting them together and you're moving them forward but what i'm saying is to wrap it back around is that you are fully equipped Hmm. from from teaching but also stepping out 
and being active politically and in and, and those committees and things like that. And I really love when teachers kind of take hold of that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I am powerful and I'm mm-hmm. going to take this. I'm going to use this to protect these kids in the classroom, mm-hmm. to protect other teachers that are may or may not be able to stay in the profession, whether for whatever reason. But Absolutely. All of that to say, kudos to you. Great job. And I'm so happy that you're running much like yes well thank you you know and when I was teacher of the year my my platform um that I spread all over the country was public education saves lives Mm. and that is really truly you know my experience but the experience of so many kids that we have in our state and in our nation and you know I think it's it's very important that people hear that message Mm -hmm. and 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 understand just the the power that 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 comes with education, that comes with yes. teaching the, mm-hmm. the love and the joy and, uh, you know, the, making the changes that are, are necessary in order for, for kids to either move out of a place of trauma or, or, you know, take that very first brave step on, on the road to becoming mm-hmm. who they are. Mm. Yeah. That's lovely. Education is so, so powerful. It's, that's why it scares some people. And mm-hmm. teachers are the ones that are holding up the whole system of educating our populace. And it feels like people are just trying to chop them down one by one. Mm-hmm. And um, so I am always for, obviously, Aaron and I are both for anytime anybody can stand up for teachers yes. to protect them, to give them space, to give them hope. Mm-hmm. Love it. There was a thing that you said on uh, one of your social media things that I saw, and you said, um, you want to elevate, celebrate, advocate, and advocate the profession I love. And mm. I heard that and I was like, that's our mission. <laughs> that's pretty much exactly what we're doing at Relate and Educate. And so I love that. I can't, I want to hear, I mean, you've explained that, but I kind of want to, can you say that one more time? Okay. She said, she wants to elevate, celebrate, and advocate the profession I love. That's so great. Isn't that yeah, wonderful? Nice. Like true, ours is like amplifying teachers' voices and you know he, letting their stories be heard. And that and the big reason why we're doing this teachers' night out thing is just purely to celebrate our teachers. Just to be like, you guys are awesome. Jerry Brooks is coming. Oh, wonderful, yeah. <laughs> wonderful. I know. And um, the, just to celebrate our teachers because. I know they're amazing. Mm -hmm. I know you all know they're amazing. But when you're in the thick of it, sometimes you do not feel that. Well, absolutely. And, you know, maybe I'll have to show up for that. Uh, Oh, you are invited. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold that to you right there. Absolutely. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So we've kind of gotten off. One of our first questions we normally ask is, what is your why? Why education? But we just have gotten all over the place. But let's go back to that. Sure. What is your why? Um, so my why is just kind of a continuing journey of fulfilling my mentor's legacy. Um, my, uh, intriguing. My, my, my my story is that, you know, I came from a a household that was very much like a lot of our kids in Oklahoma. It was filled with trauma and abuse, mental Mm -hmm. health issues. And it was a teacher who saved my life. My, Mm. my high school drama teacher, Mr. Stephen Smallwood, Mm. um, shout out Mr. Smallwood everywhere I go. I'm gonna tell you everywhere I go. We uh, love you. uh, It is so important because, you know, he saw me storming down a hallway one day and I was off to go make a very bad choice and he stopped me and he said, you need to take all of that passion and that anger and you need to put it in my drama class. And 
so what he did was not really that special, that redirection that every single teacher we have to do. When we see a kid that's about to make a bad choice, redirecting. <laughs> mm -hmm. But he took it a step farther and he made sure that I was off, you know, on the weekends and competing and going places that I'd never seen before and giving me a place to work through all that trauma, you know, moving me from a pathway of trauma to a pathway of hope. And uh -huh. so the year that I graduated, um, he became the Oklahoma teacher of the year. No. And I became the first in my family to go to college. Oh. And then the year that I won state teacher of the year, he was the first person that just ran off stage and he grabbed me up in the biggest hug and he just whispered, they'll never know. They'll never know what you had to go through. And so oh. my why is to continue that legacy of seeing beyond what people have labeled kids for so long. I was labeled as one of those kids. That's mm. what I, I actually heard those words describe me. You yeah. are one of those wow. kids. And to see past that and see the potential and, and the hope in, in children and education and, and the difference that teachers make. So that's, <sighs> that's the reason I do this. This is the reason that I'm running. It's, yeah. it's the reason that, you know, I, I love this profession so much. Yeah. Absolutely. What a story. Absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Smallwood. Mr. Smallwood. <laughs> is he still alive? Oh, absolutely. In fact, he'll be at the parade uh, with me tomorrow. He, <gasps> he comes out and campaigns with me when he has a chance. He's still teaching wow. uh, and still changing and saving lives every single day. Oh, and uh, I love yeah, him. I'm just, I'm very proud of him. Oh. What a special, special story. So cool. That is great. Um, so is, or what we were going to circle around to your jobs before you got into sure. education. So what was that? And that you said you owned your own small business yes. and then you mm -hmm. got into education from that. How did that all? Sure. Well, you let's, know? Can, can I go back? Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. just back it up just a touch. So you went to college. I did. Let's start there. Perfect. Mm -hmm. In your pathway through college and then. Sure. Yeah. So I, you know, I graduated college. I started working in casting. Uh, obviously, um, theater was very much a part and yeah. I love directing. I think I just like being, you know, in charge of things <laughs> and I like my little organizational yes. world. And so, and then I got a call at the agency and they were asking for someone to go and volunteer at, um, a boys and girls club in inner city Baton Rouge. I was living in, living in Louisiana mm. at the time. And so I volunteered to go and teach this little acting class and didn't think anything about it. But the first class that I taught, it was just so amazing. And there was, once again, uh, just a click yeah. that happened. And I realized, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is mm. this is what is fulfilling like me right now. Work. My heart. Yeah. And so um, and so I, I started, I continued to volunteer. And then I got a call from my friend who said she's going on maternity leave, what I consider taking okay. over her teaching position in a, a theater uh, in, you know, a high school there. And I knew I needed to go get, you know, some credentials. And so I was working my tail off to get credentials and get, you know, all the wow. tests out of the way. And I started teaching, um, in Louisiana. And I would say my first two years, I spent more time being taught by mm -hmm. the students. You know, there's this great line in the King and I that says by your pupils, you'll be taught. And mm -hmm. I really feel that they, have prepared me to be the teacher that I am now. Mm. Um, just what they were going through in life and teaching me about, yes, you know your content area, but you need to understand about the world that we live in, mm -hmm. the students, the relationships that, that are so important to us. Um, and so that was a great experience. Um, and then, you know, I've moved around different places 
And so I've owned my own small business, which was an acting academy. And so I produced two educational tours and oh, wow. I was working with adults and I was working with kids and, you know, still, still hadn't broken away from education. And uh, then there was a, a bit where I was working in, in uh, education as far as in healthcare and but I always come back to teaching. It mm -hmm. always it always comes back to helping the kids, helping our teachers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously with this position, it would expand not just to one school, but all the schools yes. and all the teachers and all the administrators. Yes. And that to me, um, that's very important right now. It yeah. is. It yeah. really is. And it's very important that somebody lead that understands the scope of things like yes you've taught but you also have a, a broad understanding of you know kids in need mm -hmm. teachers in need mm -hmm. different programs multi-million like, dollar contracts yeah. and managing a large amount of people and working with you know you know diverse groups of people and mm -hmm. sitting down with politicians and working with them so yeah. there, there's i think all of these things have just kind of led me to this point of now do it all. Yeah. Now do it all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Nice. <laughs> wow. I like it. Um, so if you were, you're running for state superintendent, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, if you were, if you could split yourself and you could still be yourself now and then also have a younger version of you before you walked into the classroom for the first time 17 years ago, what would you say to that younger version of yourself to try to get her to vote for you now? Um, I would say that you're going to need someone who's going to see you yeah. and you're going to need someone who is going to believe in you, not just the you now, but the future you. And you're going to need someone who believes that you in all of your hurt and all of your pain can become somebody and you're going to have to have someone that is going to open that door for you. And so that for me is a big, a big opportunity is to be able to open the doors mm. for so many teachers, for so many students, for so many families and communities in Oklahoma that maybe they don't feel seen or maybe they don't feel heard. Well, you know, opening that door and again and bringing the public back to public school, bringing mm -hmm. our communities back, letting them know the amazing things that teachers are doing. What so, do you mean bringing the public back to public school? So I think that I think that, you know, it, even some of the rhetoric and thing comes from a place of fear of not knowing or understanding. And, you know, obviously the way our cultures are set up now is that, you know, everyone's having to work so much that, you know, they're entrusting, you know, obviously teachers and mm -hmm. to take care of things in the, in the school. Well, there's that loss of sometimes of community, of coming together. Yeah. Uh, we have that a lot in our rural areas where everybody's mm -hmm. together on Friday night, football uh -huh, games uh -huh. and harvest carnivals. But in some of our schools, we've kind of lost that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you think about the opportunities that we can collaborate together, whether it is grandma's coming back in to teach some life skills about how to wash clothes or how, yes. you know, uncle's teaching how to change tires. And, you know, I think that there are more opportunities to collaborate within our communities and, and our businesses as uh -huh. well in order for them to tie more back into the public schools so that That's everybody good. has 
Everybody has a little bit of skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. We interviewed um, two of our friends from Bixby just a couple of days ago, and um, they're, they work admin stuff, and they're just behind the scenes, just incredible. And they were talking about how they really are trying to get their teachers to, you know, speak up and show off their work. Because if you show off that work and like on social media or on wherever, where you're getting that out to the public, mm-hmm. and so they can see with their own eyes what's actually happening in the classroom, yes. how powerful that can be also. And so that's yes. another element of like bringing it to the public is letting them see. And then it's like the proof is in the pudding that like we're not indoctrinating our kids. No, we're doing like really powerful, amazing learning experiences yes. with our children. And and that's a, a big thing for me also, you know, if, if I'm elected in November is that we're going to do that at the State Department level. We're going to take Love. all of the things that you guys are pu- putting out as educators and we are going to celebrate and elevate that even more. We're going to give you a statewide microphone to shout it to the rooftops about uh, what's going on in your district and what your teachers are doing and what your students are doing and what your community and your families are doing as well. Um, we, you know, we've got to become a cheerleader and a PR firm as well uh, at at the State Department, in addition to all the other jobs that we will have. And we need that. We need a big, loud voice that is going to be representing. Well, I'm pretty loud. (laughs) (laughs) Get it, girl. (laughs) I love it. You need a competing narrative because the, the only narrative that is being expressed right now, let's say particularly in Oklahoma, is all of the nasty things that people are saying are going on in the classroom. Teachers know that's ridiculous, but their reach doesn't get that far. Mm -hmm. And without a competing narrative, you're left to grasp whatever is there. And a lot of of people that are influenced by that messaging are people that their kids graduated 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. you know? And they're like, wow, you know, schools must have really changed since I went to school. So I I really applaud that. Mm -hmm. I want... I want to tell the stories of teachers so that it's hard to be grossed out by a teacher. Teachers, are just, they yeah. love people. They yes. love little yes. human beings, and they want them to do well. And it's inspiring. It's hopeful. What they do is incredible, uh, but it's just that story isn't told, I mm-hmm. think, enough or or clarified or, um, you know, anyway. Sure. Anyway. And even, you know, explaining, you know, the day to day struggles that we have as well and, you know, finding ways to connect more to communities and businesses Mm -hmm. so that, you know, we can work together to fill the gaps of those needs Mm -hmm. that we see in our classrooms as well. One of the things that we've seen is that teachers and schools tend to be siloed, Mm -hmm. you know, especially rural schools, because everybody around them is a rival, right? So teachers, when they are, they are able to go outside of that, go to conferences or Mm. meetings, they're able to see, oh, that's how they do it over there. Mm -hmm. And that's not wrong. And I don't need to do that specific thing, but I'm going to take a piece of that and I'm going to use it over Mm -hmm. here. And so collaboration, open doors, like you said, to be able to communicate. Sure. Sharing of information uh, is very, very important. And, um, you know, obviously as, as a teacher, as someone who is, you know, one of the many people that are probably listening right now, you know, I I understand, I get it. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen the struggles. Uh, I've, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And so I think that also will give me a very different perspective going into the state department and, Mm -hmm. you know, because teachers will have one of their own there Mm -hmm. who understands, who gets it, who, who understands that we can't just do the one more thing and add one more thing, but actually focus on the thing, which is teaching and, you know, incorporate 
incorporating the happy balance between life skills and curriculum together mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to find that joy in teaching again. I love this. Oh, this just sounds so hopeful, doesn't it? <laughs> like it, does. it really, truly does. This is, it's what I needed. And so I can only imagine what everyone else needed <laughs> also. It just, it's so good. Um, on your website, you talk about your four top priorities, mm-hmm. which is keeping public dollars in our public schools, stopping and reversing teacher flight, improving students' mental health, and protecting our rural schools and communities. Love all of those. Can we kind of touch on each of those? We can start with keeping public dollars in our public schools. Sure. So um, obviously I'm very anti-voucher and um, I believe that those public dollars need to stay in our public schools because it's just good common sense. You know, you, you close down a school, you have to consolidate a school. You're closing down a community. You're closing down small businesses. You're closing down real estate, everything that goes with it. And, you know, there are so many amazing schools that are in our rural areas. I'll just kind of tie them together because that kind of goes hand in glove. But I mean, that this also applies to our urban and suburban schools as well. But when you close these things down, you you are closing down the heart and the soul of Mm -hmm. your community. Um, And I hear all the time that, you know, we want to have a great economy in Oklahoma. Well, if you want a great economy, you're going to have to have a great education system. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And I will even, you know, tie a little bit of the, you know, the 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 lack. I'm sorry. You know, when you hear people say that they want to not receive federal funds, which is absolutely ridiculous (laughs) to me because, you know, that's another way of defunding our, our public schools mm-hmm. because when you think of all Title One, Title Two, all the titles, all the way and all the programs from, you know, special education mm-hmm. to free and reduced lunch, which I'm sorry, but I take that personally because I was a kid who grew up mm-hmm. on free and reduced yes. lunch mm-hmm. and I don't know what I would have done without it. You know, our agriculture programs, mm-hmm. there are so many things that depend on those federal funds and just very nonchalantly saying, yeah, we're going to phase them out or we're going to do away with them. Well, where is that money going to come Mm-mm. from? And I'm, I'm a person of common sense, okay? And, uh, you know, we, we've got to make sure that we're taking care of things. So it's very important that we make sure that we keep those public dollars in our public schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just in my personal life, I know a lot of private school people. I have people in my family who send their children to private school. I have know lots of people. We both worked at a private yes, school. Yes, sure. Correct. Mm-hmm. And personally, I have found it difficult to, for lack of a better word, convince them (laughs) that the harm of vouchers, because they do sound, I see how they sound appealing, like, you know, in some versions of what you're getting, what it is, but I don't know. They're just, could you speak to the private school the, the family who sends their kids to private schools, who loves their kids, desperately wants what's best for their children and is fighting to do everything that they can. Why is this not good for our communities? Sure. So and I want to say, you know, if I have nothing against private schools of course. and, you know, if that is your choice, you know, that's that's great. But, you know, there are 700,000 public school children uh-huh. and 
if we are, if we're going to give a voucher, obviously the voucher is not even going to come close to paying off of what the tuition would be for private school. And then, of course, then if you are giving public dollars then to private schools, then you're going to have to be tied to all of the requirements that the public schools then face. And I know Can that you that speak to that because sure. I, I don't think people understand when when a federal mandate comes down. That there are strings. Yes. So testing so testing requirements would be one of those things. And another thing is that just because you, um, you know, a private school gets to still decide which students can come. So if you are perhaps on an IEP, they could say, mm-hmm. you know, no, um, we, we do not want you to come. And so. Or if you have a bad recommendation. Or if you or have if a bad you recommendation. Have a track record. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm going to yeah. be real honest. I, you know, because of the kind of home life that I grew up in, uh, there's no way that anybody yes. would have let me yeah. in the doors. So, you know, and so. You know, those are just a few of the things that that people need to realize is that, yes, you can have that choice, but it's not going to make it's not a golden ticket. Mm -hmm. It's not going to pay everything. It's not going to get you automatically in the door. Um, The best way is to fully invest in your public schools that serve the majority of the kids in Oklahoma and make sure that they have the resources that they need to be successful as well. And Thank I'd also you. like to back that up as well. So I've had conversations with people that are outside of education. And the problem with a voucher system is that it sounds simple. Like yeah. a simple fix. Yeah. Well, it's just mm-hmm. easy. You just give them a voucher. <laughs> but there are so many complexities yeah. to that. For instance, public schools, they pay for a lot of things. Yes. Right? Free and reduced lunch, transportation, all of these things. Uh, private schools don't. Mm-mm. But they're twice as expensive. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about you know, you're trying to take half of what you need to go to a private school, but you're decimating a a public school because you're taking that money out, which is needed for a lot of different things. Exactly. Um, And it's not a quick fix. It's a domino effect. You take this out, it affects this, and then that affects that. And it's just, it's not, it's not simple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not a quick fix. Anyway, that's my two cents. No, thank you. Okay, the next point is stopping and reversing teacher flight. Sure. I'm. This is the one I'm most interested to hear about. So, you know, I I really kind of bristle a little bit when I hear the word teacher shortage because yes, we don't have a too. shortage. We do not have a shortage yes. of educators in the state of Oklahoma. We have over 30,000 yes. teachers that are not coming back to the classroom. And according to our data at the State Department, the number one reason is lack of respect. And so that umbrella is big. The first part of that respect obviously is pay, but the second part of that respect deals with the rhetoric that is used against them. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to treat our professionals like professionals. We need to pay our professionals like professionals. Um, I think that that is absolutely important. Um, And so, you know, working with that, looking and seeing what can we take off of their plates at the State Department level? What can we revamp to make more sense for educators so that they can focus on the job that they love, which is teaching? Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that you're in your, you know, listing of like, try this, try this, try this. The first thing is like, what can we take away? What can we add? Like, mm-hmm. it's not just keep adding sure. and adding and adding no. and adding on this stuff. We need no. to do it differently. We do. Everything needs to be revamped. And yes. that includes, you know, making sure that we have more supports for our first through five year teachers, um, yes. making sure that we Here have we a, a I know. <laughs> Tell me more about <laughs> Make sure that. we have a State Department website that where if we list all of our standards, well, you should be able to click on a standard and see lesson plans that have been dropped from all the way in there 
there from educators oh all gosh. across the state. And you know, you may not use that complete lesson plan or that, you know, that, uh, you know, lesson completely, yeah. but you can pick and choose the parts of it that work for you. <sighs> that takes a big load off of our first oh, years because they beautiful. are just swimming in an ocean of learning school culture. Uh, and speaking of school culture, that's another thing is in January, um, if I'm elected, the State Department will send out a school culture survey to every educator in the state of Oklahoma. Okay. They don't have to put their name on it, but we do need to know their school, their mm -hmm. district. And then there's going to be a variety of questions mm -hmm. and, a, a, you know, everything about what's happening in your building. How do you feel? Support? Blah, blah, blah. And then the last question, of course, is then, do you intend to return back mm -hmm. to this mm. school? It is better to know by February when we can aggregate that data and see, are there 32 teachers leaving your building? 15? Mm -hmm. So that then the state department who has a culture, school culture team, can go and have a visit with that district superintendent wow. principal. How do we fix this now? So you can either, we can either fix it together now, mm -hmm. or you're going to have yeah. to come up with 30 more teachers. Yeah which is almost impossible <laughs> right now. Mm -hmm. And you've got until February to May to kind of work on some things, to come up with some plans and, and some that, strategies. I think finding the problem is finding the, the problem thing. Like and it, listening, yeah. listening, Truly. giving educators a voice on what is happening. Mm. Is it things that are happening in the building? Is it district? Is it, you know, community wide? How can we address these things yeah. and really start, playing more offense instead of defense constantly. I think, mm. I think to speak to that is that, you know, teachers have been leaving and leaving and leaving and schools. And I think I, I'm not judging here. I'm just saying that a lot of administrators are reactionary out of necessity. So it's like, I'm losing eight teachers. I've got to hire eight new teachers. And if you could push pause for just a second mm. and give them a little bit of space to breathe, you might, they may, may be able to find out why people mm -hmm. are leaving. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just having the space and, and the wherewithal to say, okay, what is the landscape? Where are the trouble spots? Sure. And then let's address that. Sure. Um, it's you, just tactical. That's, yes. you know. Educators are always asked what their why is. Mm. But when we come into situations like this, no one ever asks the questions, why? Mm -hmm. And so mm. we need to have kind of a, another conversation about mm -hmm. why um, and address that. Um because we we are in a position where we see education colleges across Oklahoma that are now closing or their numbers are dwindling. We do not have enough people who are coming into this profession. And so we need to make the profession um, more appealing again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We need to make the profession more supported. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that we, you know, in education, we have internal problems. We have external problems. Yeah. We can, we need to focus on some of the things that we can control internally as mm -hmm. well. Um, and then, of course, obviously, state agencies, we have to work on things on the external issues as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it can be done. But we're, we're going to all have to take a collective deep breath and really address the issues, not pass it on to someone else. Uh, because we do want to keep these amazing, amazing educators in mm -hmm. our schools because they are benefiting our children and our communities in just ways that you'll, you'll never know until obviously that you become very yes. old like me <laughs> and you're sitting on a podcast and you're talking about the impact that your teachers make. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think that it's important that we, we address the issues in a different way that we've not even yes. thought about before. Yeah. No, yes. I, I love it. And to go back to what you said about um, teacher colleges, you know, I've had conversations with 
people who you know head up the teacher, uh, the student teacher programs at various different colleges across the country, and that's a scary conversation mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they don't feel good no. right now, and they don't feel solid. They don't feel. I'm going to use the word safe. Be, it's you can just hear it in their voice, mm -hmm. you know, and that's scary to me because that's. Sure. That's your primary funnel mm -hmm. for people to get into the, to the business. So. And so I've got plans to even help them on that end, uh, you know, as well. And, you know, bringing back the, the teacher cadet courses. I know that there are some programs that have a class in, in some high schools across the state that allow kids to, you know, learn the art of teaching. I'm, I came from a teacher cadet I course. I did that too, yeah. I have never heard of that before. And it's fantastic. You know, it's, it's an elective you can take and really? you get to learn mm -hmm. about teaching. You get to actually go to the different mm -hmm. schools and then you get to have a week of where you get to practice teaching in front of that particular grade level making your lesson plans mm -hmm. and little lessons in the and the, the the tests and everything and you know you get a taste of whether you like it and then moving on into the colleges of education yeah. uh, there so there are just good. so many things that we can do starting actually in middle school and then, you know, leading all the way through more supports through our teacher colleges, more supports one through five, and then our veteran teachers as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, we have to think about, you know, when we teach, we talk about the whole child. Why yes, can't we start yes. thinking about the whole educator mm -hmm. from the, the beginning of your career all the way towards the end of your career? That's the thing is that it takes three years, four years to figure out what you're doing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Which, which end is up? <laughs> yes. And yeah. then you're like, okay, I think I got this. Mm -hmm. And then your five, mm -hmm. you know, is is not as good as your 10. You just get better mm -hmm. and better and better. And then a pandemic hits and then you don't <laughs> yeah. know anything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and so, but you what know, and, and so we're, we're all in that kind of reboot mm -hmm. phase right now yeah. of figuring out how, how do we educate post pandemic? And that's another thing is that we need leadership that understands what it was like to teach through a yes. pandemic. Good point. Uh, we need leadership that, that understands um, what has been, you know, the year after two years after, mm -hmm. and then how, are we going to move yes. forward? How, what are the things that we actually need to scrap? What are the things that we actually need in place right now for this generation of kids that have gone through this kind of trauma in mm. our nation right now? I had never thought about that, but the pandemic was a, a world changing thing. Mm -hmm. Explain you, what you hadn't thought about yet. Well, that you have the experience of what actually happened okay, yes, when yes, they yes, shut yes. school down. You know, like mm -hmm. I always say, on Friday you're in school, Monday you're not, <laughs> yeah. and you're full blown going uh, digital. You're yes. going online, and teachers did that across the country. Mm -hmm. And what was that like? And, and I was the teacher of the year during that time, so oh, I was going man. around to all these schools in Oklahoma, yeah. in person and yeah. you know also virtually. And I was teaching, you know, that last three months online. Yeah. And then I had to come back, you know, last year and. And now we're dealing with the aftermath of all of that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, my, my perspective is, is very yes, different. Yes, you've mm -hmm. been in it. Well, I, I, I love to have somebody that has that kind of experience to respond to somebody that, that starts a sentence with, why don't we just do, you know what I mean? <laughs> like has no frame of reference as to <laughs> yes. what they're talking about. Why don't we just do this? You can say, well, here's why. Mm -hmm. Yes. Here's why sure. we don't. We cannot do that. Are you kidding? Yes. Exactly. Oh. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, we have a couple of questions okay. from some teachers. Great. Um, from Jessica Jernigan. 
Um, she asks, could you elaborate on your experience and how it might distinguish you from your opponent? Well, absolutely. So everything I just said, <laughs> um, and, uh, and the fact, uh, and, and the fact that, um, you know, I, I, have a lot of experience in dealing in trauma and trauma-informed practices, oh, which yeah. I think that we definitely need to have someone at the State Department who understands that so that we can provide those services to um, our, our student teachers right now that mm. are in college because one of the things that I hear from a lot of them that I followed when I was Teacher of the Year and I got to meet with them as they were interns and now they're one through two uh -huh. years and they say we need more of that. We need more trauma-informed uh -huh. practice. Practices. Oh, okay. um, you know, obviously, you, you're going to have someone who believes in celebrating and elevating the profession, someone who wants to mm -hmm. defend public education and not defund public education, um, someone who truly loves this profession mm -hmm. and understands that there are balances between um, the pedagogy that we have and the partnerships with parents that we mm -hmm. need so much, but also who has some, someone who advocates both at the state and the national level that believes that public education is not Democrat or Republican, mm -hmm. but for everyone. Yeah. It's for America. Yes. It's, it's for the betterment of humanity. Mm -hmm. Truly. Like, man. Which that reminds me when you started talking mental health, I hadn't finished my previous questions about how you're going to improve mental health. Mm -hmm. And one thing that you say is how all schools, you want all schools to have a counselor with mental health training in them. Yes. That sounds like a dream. So I'm also starting to work with, because I believe in collaborations with mental health professionals around the state. Um, and we've already targeted the three counties that have the highest ACE scores. So we're mm -hmm. obviously going to focus there. We're going to expand into telehealth. And even for our teachers who are suffering from post-secondary trauma right now, um, giving them access to apps where they can immediately connect to a mental health professional, um, we've got to start thinking outside the box. Because I think that's one thing that I actually kind of enjoyed during, during the pandemic is that how far can the reach go? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not limited to just the people in my building. I can I can contact this mental health professional yeah. that maybe is, you know, in Tulsa or down somewhere else and getting that access. Because one of the things I cannot stand is the fact that there are places in the state where you have to wait from six to 60 days to get help for a child yeah. in, your, in your district. That can't happen no. because we know what could possibly happen That's to terrifying. that kid mm -hmm. and, and that family and that community. I mean, it all comes together. Yeah. So yeah. working with, you know, mental health professionals um, and some people are going to say uh, the budget, the budget. Well, here's the thing we can, we can either make an excuse or make it happen. And so I've already started working with some legislators on some ideas of, well, if I can't get it out of this budget, then how do we work with the mental health yeah. communities and where does this come from? So People are actually already reaching out to me and saying, yeah, let's let's figure out how to work this out. Let's make it happen. It sounds good. It's a good solution that we haven't tried yet. Well, you know, I, we have to start thinking outside yeah. of, of the box and outside of the way that we've always done things. Yeah. That's the I think the number one education. I said the education phrase that everyone hates is that that's not the, you know the way we've always done. Yes. It. The way yes. we've always done it. Yeah. We can't Ugh, do that anymore. Exactly. It's also addressing like an actual problem. Like there is a problem that an unspoken problem by and large. And we, we have dealt this with this head on is that teachers do have mental health issues, mm -hmm. but they don't feel comfortable talking about it because they assume that everybody else has their stuff together. Yeah. But in fact, 
the other teachers don't too. They're struggling. Absolutely. But they're closed off, again, siloed into their classroom. And a lot of people have a hard time asking for help, mm-hmm. you especially when you're young. Um, and so to offer some mental health support systems within the school, you know, not only for the kids, mm-hmm. like kids, yes, absolutely, but for the teachers. Yes. How do you keep teachers in uh, the classroom longer? Well, you give them the tools to deal with yeah. not being able to sleep at night or mm-hmm. you know, trauma. I mean, actual trauma from a pandemic. It yes. exists. Uh, and dealing with an actual problem that exists. Mm-hmm. So I 100%. love it. 100%. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And then your last top priority. I mean, you have a million priorities, <laughs> but of the top. There's a lot of things to address. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of the top, um, it's protecting rural, rural schools mm-hmm. and communities. And you've talked a little bit about this, how... Um, you know, bringing up the rural schools just helps the community too. Yes. It's not like it just economy helps communities. The, yes, um, I mean it's it's very personal to me as well. I grew up in in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Okay, and Broken Bow. Yeah, All so right. I I went to um, a K through eight school, so it was Luke Vada Public Schools, and then of course um, after eighth grade, I go to high school at Broken Bow High School, and so you know I think about all of the kids who are like me that what where would I go to school? If they consolidated, mm-hmm. you know, how many hours on a school bus would I be on? Cause I lived in the woods. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, uh, by the way, how much has broken bow changed in the um, last 20 years? Well, I would, I mean, here's the thing uh, yes, the tourism part of that, uh-huh. but I'm, I'm just going to put this out there because this is something that always bothers me a little bit, but that money does not trickle down into the community. Oh. And so, you know, th- so we're still seeing mm-hmm. high rates of poverty in, in the area I grew up in. Interesting. But, uh, when I was growing up, there wasn't all of the, you know, the little Branson that was going on yeah. in Hochatown. It was, you know, one gas station and a sign that said, take a tick back to Texas. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so we would just run up and down the roads. There was no traffic. There were no tourists, you know, so uh, it was, you know, it, it, it's a beautiful area. Yeah. And I know I'm very, I'm very proud of my rural roots. And there are so many communities that are proud of their rural schools yeah. and um, they deserve not only the same kind of supports that some of our other schools get, um, but they have to because, you know, the kind of communities they're supporting are our farming communities. And, you know, I love agriculture. I want to see agriculture actually expanded into all of the schools, urban, suburban, rural schools. Um, Because if we don't, you know, if we don't have farmers, we don't eat. Mm -hmm. And we've got to make sure that their families are taken care of out there. And then again, you think about some of, you know, even our, our, our air force bases, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm driving past, you know, Fort Sill quite a bit right now and other places, um, across the state. And I think about, well, what's going to happen if we take the schools away from that area? What's going to happen to those, you know, those bases that we have, we've got to support our military families as well. Everything is connected to education Mm. and that's why we have to take care of it. And our democracy is attached to it too. Mm -hmm. If you you don't have a educated populace, democracy is going down. It's the first domino in everything. Yeah. Collapse of economy, collapse Mm -hmm. of democracy. Yeah. I mean, collapse of common sense. (laughs) (laughs) It's education. And we root for common sense all the time. Yes. Uh, have you looked her t- her uh, t-shirts that she has? Her teachers are too woke to or too broke to be woke. Oh, that's funny. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That made me laugh. Okay, well, Gina, what do you hope that your students remember when they think of you and they think of Miss Nelson? What do you hope that they think? Oh my goodness. Um, 
I hope that they know that I was firm but fair. Yes. That they were they were loved on the good days. They were loved mm. on the bad days. Um, that they had um, a perpetual cheerleader in me, um, and that they knew that every day was a fresh start, mm-hmm. and that they are more than their mistakes. But mistakes are important because we learn more from our mistakes than our successes. Uh, and preach, that, preach. <laughs> and, you know, I always leave the end of my class before I dismiss. I have this saying that I've said for 17 years, and it's kind of funny and tongue in cheek, but the first part of it is, is sincere. And the last part, of course, is a joke a little bit because I'm, I'm I, I have a big sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I always tell them before they leave my class every single day to go forth, be extraordinary. And don't go to jail. It's not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all you need to know. That's perfect. Just setting some good boundaries there. (laughs) That's right. Okay, so through all of this insanely busy campaigning that you have been doing, this insane schedule, what has kept you motivated? The stories of the teachers and the families oh. and the kids. Um, I meet with students, and I I don't campaign, obviously, when I, you know. But I say to them, "What do you want from your schools? What do you need in your education?" So everywhere from elementary all the way to high school, and it's amazing to hear what they want. And it's not it's not ridiculous, you know. Some people think, "Oh, they're going to say I want." three recesses or this, but it's not, it's things like, you know, we want to have a bigger library or we want, we want to have more hands-on activities. We Mm want to have shop and diesel classes and we want to, you know, we want to learn more about this and that. And so they, they know what they're hungry for when it comes to education. Um, and then of course, hearing the stories of, teachers and you know there are some teachers that you know I went to school yesterday I was in Walters Oklahoma and you know I had a a teacher like yeah I I went to school here and now I'm the principal here and so you know you hear these these ties to education the stories and I I steal this a lot um but there is a, a teacher friend of mine in Arizona and they had a saying that said every person story includes a teacher Oh, wow. And so that is something that I always ask a lot of people, especially when I get in crowds that maybe be a little, you know, that are made a little fired up. And I say, you know, I understand. I get it. And then I'll ask them the question. So tell me about your teacher that that changed your life. Tell Mm -hmm. me, because every person's story includes a teacher. And so I, I kind of talk about these things and, and I love hearing their stories, whether mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're seven or 77, yes. everyone has a story for mm-hmm. me. Yes. Um, and I think that that is important that we get back to, you know, we talked a little bit about public relations for education, but these are the stories that need to be told mm. yeah. uh, and people need to hear. And the fact that this is what you're doing, you are sharing stories right now. You are, you are sharing stories of education and, and, and putting it out there mm. and in such a beautiful way through these, these podcasts that, um, you know, I appreciate that very much. Well, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> That's what keeps us motivated. Truly. Every time we talk to a teacher, whether it be in person or virtually, we always end up in a better mood. Like yeah, really. And teachers come in thinking like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And then they have just like spouted off the most beautiful wealth of information and knowledge uh-huh. that you're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this person is amazing. <laughs> They're just wonderful. Yeah. And uh, to go back to your point is that peop- 
people always have a favorite teacher mm-hmm. and they always have that bad experience. Too. Of course. Uh-huh. So it's, it's just, okay, what do you want to spend your time thinking about? Sure. So if someone is complaining about education and stuff like that, I like to ask them, mm-hmm. who's your favorite teacher? Mm-hmm. And then the whole countenance change, yes. you know, and the story changes. And yes. it's just like, okay, what do you want to spend your focus, yes. your attention on? Because yeah. like you said, everybody has a favorite teacher. Yes. And you know, I think when we look at, data because you know I am a teacher mm-hmm. <laughs> if if we sat down and looked at the percentage of those you know amazing teachers versus the ones who have caused issues and and you, I, I know which side the scale would tip oh to. Oh my goodness, yeah. And I think that that's very important. Obviously, you know, we always need to deal with those situations, but we also need to look at the balance mm-hmm. and of, you know, the great successes that we have as well. Yeah, love it. I do too. Yeah. All right. Well, I was looking over our teacher question. We've actually talked about every single one of these. <laughs> awesome. Already. So awesome. That's super cool. Um, is there anything that we haven't gotten to talk to that you want to make sure our teachers hear? You know, I just hope that everyone goes out and votes on November 8th. I'm yes. not telling you to vote for me. I'm, I'm saying that right now that statistically I'm looking at the data and teachers don't vote. Even after the teachers walk out, mm. it was we you know we found out that only twenty to thirty percent of our educators actually vote, and if we're not if we're not standing up and 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 exercising those rights, then we are allowing others to make the decisions mm-hmm. for us. And I understand, okay, because I hear this from teachers a lot that say, you know, I don't I don't like politics. I don't want to talk about politics. And I just tell them, hey, you know, fine. If I understand you don't want to talk about politics, but politics is talking about you. Yes. And that's you so true. you have got to make sure that you get the people that if you don't want to speak up about politics and, and education, put the people who will do right yeah. by you in those positions. And oh, that's good. practically speaking, voting is hard. I, I had to leave a, a, mm. a voting mm-hmm. place so that I could get back to my fifth hour class, which was mm-hmm. after lunch. I stood in line, stood in line, stood in line. I was like, finally, I have to go. And and I had to come back. And luckily, I was able to get in before mm-hmm. the polls closed. But it is it's hard it to is get It is difficult. But I believe by law, I believe by law that we are allowed at least two hours yes. to do so. And, um, you know, I would love to see a federal voting holiday. No kidding. Um, yes. But this, this, these kind of elections are too important. They, I'm they glad are you important. pointed that out because teachers can request, I need somebody to cover me so I can, I can go vote mm-hmm. and not to be shamed into going mm-hmm. back to your classroom and not voting. 100%. Yes. And uh, just remember that if you are in line by 7 Mm p.m., that you can still vote, even if you're standing in a very long line. Mm -hmm. um, You can just still hang in there. And I just encourage everyone to go out and and uh, vote for what you believe in. Yes, I love it. All right. So I kind of did this scenario where you go back and talk to your younger self a little bit before. But I'm going to change the question a little bit this time. If you had one minute to go back and talk to your former self before she stepped into her first class on her first day. What do you think those most important things to you as you have the 17 years of experience now, what would be the things that you would be like, this is it. 
this is the most important. Talking to my teacher self? Yes. Yeah. Uh, my first year teaching self, so just be yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh, you don't have to be what you think other yeah. teachers are. You can dress the way that you feel comfortable. You can, you can be the loud one. You can be the eccentric one. And it's going to be okay. Uh, you don't have to fit into the mold of what you think a teacher should look like, sound like, act like. Good. Just be there for those kids. Listen and learn and be open to whatever comes your way. That's good. That yeah. gives all of our teachers permission too. I mean, that help, hearing that I think helps our teachers be like, I can do that. You can. We want you to be your unique <laughs> yes, self. Yes, please, please. We really do. Okay, and then our final question is a question for all of us, and it is what is something, this is a recommendation for our listeners, basically. What is something you're consuming these days that you want to recommend to our listeners? And it can be anything from, like, TV shows, podcasts, books, <laughs> to restaurants, to anything local. I'll go first to give you all time to think about stuff. Last night I went to Tulsa's Oktoberfest, and it's still going on this weekend so you guys can still make it out to Oktoberfest. It was really, really fun. Um, I love Oktoberfest. I have not an ounce of German in me, but you know, I love it. <laughs> I can drink beer like a German, I guess. <laughs> it's gotten better but over the years. It really, it really has. It was so fun last night. There's a, um, like a, it's called the Om Himmel dinner. It was like a three course meal paired with different beers. And my husband and I did it last night. It was so much fun. And we sat with a really fun table group of people. I mean, it was like one of the funnest nights I've had in a long time. So I recommend Tulsa Oktoberfest. It's open till Sunday, I think. Yeah. So Gina, do you have something or do you want me to go to Rick? Um, go to Rick first. Okay. <laughs> okay. I usually have something specific, but this one is, I, I would just recommend going out to dinner with friends. Oh, that's good. Like I told, I told Aaron a few minutes ago before we were, we started this, uh, you know, we're, we're having a dinner at our house and I'm cooking, you know, food for, for people. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I don't know. I guess since I've sat down and kind of relaxed and stuff and busy all day, now I'm like, okay, I, I really looking forward to oh, just being good. with friends, sharing a meal, that kind of thing. So yeah, not specific, but that's good that's advice, good. I think. Well, <laughs> and this conversation, like kind of It's calmed me down. It big has. Time. Like yeah. he was saying it was a, you know, kind of stressful day. And like this conversation has just been fun as can be. So awesome. thank That's you. Great. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're our mental health treatment today. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, okay, so obviously I'm not getting to read, watch, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so um I would I, okay, so this is gonna be odd probably coming from me, but TikTok. I, I recommend ah. TikTok. Uh, because um, some of there are some great professional development yes. tips for yes. teachers on TikTok. Uh, obviously, you know I'm I'm staying up with you know really bits and pieces of news from around yeah. places. Um, I love how creative people are, uh, and obviously since I don't have a lot of time to you know devote to it, so one minute to three minutes of just that, yeah, <sighs> a little bit, yeah, is fantastic, yeah. especially on the road. Uh, and then obviously since I'm, I'm traveling with so many members of my team right now, uh -huh. just having something to, to laugh at as we're going <laughs> on the road uh, or think about, you know, sometimes there's some very profound things on there mm -hmm. as well. Um, just depending on how that algorithm is directed yeah. towards you. So yeah. um, I know that that may not be, you know, an answer people really expect, but I'm like going to say TikTok. I yeah. like it. Perfect. 
All right. So Gina, tell us, um, your website, tell us anything you want to plug to get our listeners to go and seek you out. Oh, absolutely. So, um, everyone, I encourage you to all to go to Nelson for Oklahoma.com. Uh, you can learn more about me there. Uh, you can also sign up to volunteer. Uh, it's not just a one volunteer type things. It's broken into centers, just like a good teacher would have. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, you can also make donations because obviously, uh, can, well, if you don't know, campaigns are not cheap and <laughs> statewide campaigns are definitely not cheap. And, you know, any little donation has helped. Um, we have m the most people are giving us like $22 because, mm. you know, from all over the state. And that, that helps get the message out there. And just please remember to go vote, Yes, uh, go vote and, and make sure that your voice is heard. Love yeah. it. And my wife went to your website and ordered a yard sign. Awesome. So, she is an educator Sweet. as well. So. Well, fantastic. Huge well, Gina fans around here. Well, yeah. I thank you both for the opportunity to be here today. I really appreciate it. We're thank so glad you, you came. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thanks, guys. Please visit our website at relatethenneducate.com. And if you would like us to come to your school, go to our website, click on our speaking page, and see what all we talk about and get in touch with us. Teachers, you have a story worthy of sharing, and we would love to hear it. So reach out to us on our website or email us at relatethaneducate at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on the podcast. We'd love to just get to talk to you. So let us hear from you. We have Teachers Night Out November 15th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Broken Arrow PAC. The theme is the power of one, and we will be celebrating you all night. Please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Relate Then Educate and on Twitter at Relate Then E-D-U-C and the number one. And then on whatever you're listening to this podcast, please follow us and leave us a review. It really helps us grow. If you share it, that would be awesome. And finally, teachers, you are worthy, you are valuable, and you are loved.